everyone, and welcome to Val Cafe. My name is Brian Hosler, founder of Strong Roots Consulting, based in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, which is on Treaty 6 territory and the traditional homeland of the Métis. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host. Hi, everyone. I'm Carolyn Kamen, an independent evaluation consultant working out of Vancouver, BC, coming to you from the unceded Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh Nations territory. This podcast is an informal chat on evaluation topics, the kind you might overhear at your favorite coffee shop, if your favorite coffee shop were frequented by evaluators. This podcast is for everyone, expert or novice, longtime practitioner, or just starting in the field. Even if you don't identify as an evaluator, as long as you have an interest in evaluation, this podcast is for you. So today it is just me and Brian, no guest today, although we have uh, a whole bunch of really cool guests scheduled to come join us over the next few months. Um, and this episode, we were talking about what what we were gonna, where we were gonna go with this. And back in January, our first episode of the year, we did this like New Year's kind of check in direction and tension setting, and we thought it would be interesting to. Um, because we're evaluators and because we uh, understand that you have to sort of look at things as they unfold and develop, why don't we check in with where we're at in our year and what has been uh, changing and what we're learning, whether it's through the podcast or or just in general in our work? Mm-hmm. Yeah, just a regular check-in is always good, you know, just like going to the dentist, but hopefully this podcast is a little less painful than that necessarily. But um, yeah, I think it was, yeah, Carolyn brought this idea up and I thought uh, we're not quite at the halfway point of the year yet, but um, yeah, no, it's, it's good to check in before we, you know, take off for the summer or get bogged down with catching up on the work that we meant to do in the spring and are doing in the summer instead. But yeah, just to kind of see where are we at. Yeah, I mean, it's been, I, I don't know about you, it's been a big year for me already. Like I'm like, it's, it's what early May right now as we're recording this, hopefully that's around when we'll publish it too. But <laughs> so much has happened. Like just the process of going back and looking at, right. What are all the episodes that we've done? How many mm-hmm. people have we talked to? What else has been going on around that time? I'm kind of blown away by just how much has been happening since, you know, our January episode. Definitely. And um, yeah, I was pulling some of the, the stats out um, from our podcast uh, host, uh, Pinecast. We switched over to them around uh, fall, I think, or late summer last year. Uh, so we don't have quite all the stats for our entire run. But I mean, just in terms of episodes so far, not including this one, we've published seven episodes in 2019. We did six last year. And we did actually eight in our first year, which is a partial year. So I think we're kind of on track to be this is going to be um, knock on wood the best year ever and just in terms of the output that we've done so uh, yeah that's something I think to be um, a little bit proud of too and um, just in terms of some of the listening stats um, we've had I think by now um, about um, 2,700 listens like unique listens of our show of our shows and about somewhere around the 200 um, subscriber range, which, I mean, if you're a big professional podcast, that's, you know, peanuts. But I think when we were just ex- expecting, you know, maybe friends and family at most listening to, to us talk about uh, evaluation and not really, because usually most of my friends and my family aren't interested in podcasting or in evaluation specifically, um, I think we're doing quite well, actually, just in terms of those those statistics. I sent one of our episodes to a friend of mine being like, hey, hey, you know, you know, listen to this episode, see what you think. And they, I asked them about it afterwards. And they were like, 
it was it was very sweet. You all sweet. You all seemed very excited about what you were talking about, <laughs> but I had no idea what was going on. I think my dad had the same reaction, but uh, he liked the Star Trek episode actually because he can at least follow the Star Trek piece of it. So, <laughs> so maybe that's it. We just need to have more crossover. We can do we can do an Avengers evaluation. Um, <laughs> we can do what else? I don't know. Um, evaluation and cooking perhaps that can get a different demographic into the door and yeah you know we should just think about how do we tie evaluation plus x where x can be anything Mm -hmm. more more pop culture references i think is clearly what we need i mean you just shot down my evaluation reality show idea (laughs) yes for those who are curious it may make it into the blooper reel if not just check out twitter from uh may 9th on carolyn's and mine account so I'm not sure I want to attract that demographic necessarily. I mean, people who love, who watch reality shows, I'm quite sure are good people, but I mean, I don't want to have my life completely on camera as I'm evaluating. (laughs) I mean, it would make you very conscious of what you're doing. There's there's a mindfulness component to that. Yes, maybe hyper-conscious. That's the problem. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, one of the things that's blown me away is just realizing that people are listening to this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, still... And we talked about that actually. Go ahead. Oh, so. go for it. I was just going to say that uh, we actually brought that up in our um, our year end, year beginning episode two, that uh, that we aren't just talking into the ether. We're not just kind of staying in our own heads. We're actually, yeah, there there is people who are getting engagement through Twitter, which is awesome. And we're getting people contacting us saying, hey, I heard about this podcast. Can I be on it? And we said, sure. And we've had some great conversations as a result. Mm-hmm. And it's such a, so one of the things that I've been doing that's been really different for me this year is I'm actually listening to podcasts now. Um, we, when we started this, I, I think it was, I mean, Brian, this, this whole podcast was your idea. Like you came to me and said, Hey, you know, I think we should do a podcast. Would you be interested? And I was excited about that, but I also was like, I don't know anything about podcasts. I never listened to them. I, I'm sort of curious, but I, uh, I, I just, you know, I fall asleep listening to audiobooks. Like, it's not usually my format. Um, and so, the first like year and a bit that we were even doing this podcast, I wasn't listening to anyone else's. I didn't really know much about it as a medium. But in the last, I'm trying to think, my sister's the one who really, she had a few podcasts that she loves. And she, so she kept telling me about them. Oh, you got to listen to this. You got to listen to this. So, I finally did. And they were great. And I, I had to find ways to listen to them. Like I, you know, I do, I listen to my podcasts while I'm, uh, you know, if I'm doing some crafty stuff, you know, crocheting or something like that, or, or while I'm cleaning podcasts and laundry go really well together for me. Podcast, laundry, dishes, uh, yard work. Yeah. They, they all go well for that. So just make yeah, sure you don't yeah. drop your phone on the, on paving stones. I did that a couple of years ago. Not, not, not good. Oh yeah. So, I mean, it's just opened up a whole world to me of like, wow, there's all this really amazing content that's being produced um, on all kinds of topics because really podcasting right now is it, what it reminds me of is the way that blogs used to be mm-hmm. back in the day, not too long ago. I feel like even just in the last five to 10 years, although it feels like the shift is, has, has happened since then where a blog wasn't so much a marketing tool the way it feels now. Um, but it was like, it was almost more like social media. It was a place where you kind of just kept track of your thoughts and stuff that interested you. And you were usually part of a community of people who blogged and like you would comment on their posts and they would comment on yours. Um, and I had like back in the day, I did in some sort of like when I was in, I'm, 
yeah, it's not under my like legal name, so don't go hunting for it. But like in, <laughs> in you know some some other online communities where I would be blogging, and I was part of a community of bloggers, and I miss that. I find that hard. I have a blog on my website now, and I really enjoy blogging, but I don't find like I get a lot of interaction through it. Where mm-hmm. I get the interaction is on Twitter. That's right. where it seems to have moved to. Um, but podcasting feels like it has that energy of it's just this wild open space where pretty much anyone can show up with a minimum of sort of technology and direction and just do something really, really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think that, um, I mean, there's kind of two pieces there. I think just to disentangle a little bit, if you're going to just a little bit of a digression on, on blogging and podcasting, both blogs and podcasts are based on an open standard, which means, I mean, like even today, anyone can start a blog up and it's, it's free. It's on the internet. You can do it without pay pretty well at supported. Um, and you can do the same with the podcast in a sense. We, we have a very gracious podcast host in Pinecast. They recognize this as kind of priding a, uh, being a community podcast. We're not trying to sell anything or be commercial like that. So we actually have, um, have hosting through them. Um, and same, you know, with blogs, you can get a free WordPress blog that's ad supported. But the thing is, is that like any kind of technology can pull that in. You don't need to be, and same with podcasts here, you don't need to be using a, an iPhone to listen to podcasts. You don't need to be using a certain kind of app. Well, you need to use a podcasting app, but those are, there's tons of them out there. So, but I think one of the things about like the interaction piece you're saying is with blogs, it's always a written medium. Like it's always kind of this, you know, time lag, having to have some sort of separation between, you know, what you're writing down and then getting the message across and having the response. Here a podcast, I mean, it's a way where we're having a real-time conversation and we're really having this opportunity, not just the two of us, but guests as well, to like really engage in a conversational style. Yeah. And I will say probably the one thing that we haven't quite cracked yet is um, we don't necessarily get a lot of like audience engagement or participation. Like, you know, I know people are listening. We've gotten maybe a couple comments. You know, we have our WordPress where some people have left comments. I don't think we, we're not usually, we don't usually telling people, oh yeah, you know, rate and review us on, on iTunes or something like that. I, I hear that in a lot of other podcasts and, right. and I think we're so niche that it doesn't, I mean, <laughs> please feel free to give us five stars if you like. Um, I don't think we're ever going to get on like the hot and trending of, of new podcasts lists at any time <laughs> soon. Um, I'm not sure we're the number one evaluation <laughs> podcast. I mean, oh, there might be some other we, ones, but yeah. <laughs> we're, we're, uh, we're definitely in the top 10. Yes, definitely. <laughs> I will say unequivocally, we are in the top 10 of evaluation podcasts. <laughs> um, um, so yeah, I, I, but there's that interaction element um, that we get through having guests and just being able to have conversation with each other that I find really refreshing and rewarding and listening to other podcasts um, that it's a space, I guess where I feel like what where blogging feels like it's almost changed for me is I feel a lot of pressure when I blog to be presenting like finished ideas, like right. knowledge, like, ah, here's a thing that you do and how that you do it. And I'm actually trying to push my blogging away from that, um, but I feel that pressure when I do it. Um, and I see some people have blogs like that. Like they're just, because there's that's such a saturated medium almost in some ways. Mm-hmm. Whereas in podcasting, it feels, and the way we do this podcast feels so much more like it's a space to explore ideas and find out what you're thinking as you're saying it, um, as opposed to like fin- presenting like finished products of ideas. Right, 
think through the conversation versus when you're you're writing something there's always that backspace key i mean we do have an edit key or an edit program for this but uh we try to kind of keep the conversation yeah as it as it came out and i think for a lot of podcasts that's kind of almost maybe the hyper polished ones but i don't tend to listen to those ones so it, it tends to be you know unless there's an obvious digression or an obvious you know bumbling and that's what the blooper reel is for but um yeah i mean we we just tend to kind of let the ideas out there and see where they land. Yeah. And that's the energy that excites me. And then related to that, there's been some podcasts and I'm going to share probably some of my favorite podcasts, uh, maybe in our show notes, I can direct people to like, Hey, if you're interested in stuff that Carolyn is and if Brian, if you've got some podcasts and I'd love to, I always, I like getting new podcast recommendations too, but um, sorry, before I go too far down that um, some of the podcasts I've been listening to are ones that are produced by academics mm who are using podcasting or talking about podcasting as a place of public scholarship of, of learning in public and talking about their learning in public. And I think one of the people who, who talks the most deeply about this and she's been running on her podcast, the last few episodes have been all sort of devoted to this is uh, Hannah McGregor of secret feminist agenda. And I've just found what she has to say really inspiring. Now she is talking, she's a, so she is working, uh, you know, she's in a university context. I believe she's at SFU, uh, Simon Fraser university here in, um, BC. And, um, so she's in a university context. We're not in a university context, but I'm still interested in the way that this podcast could can maybe already does but and maybe has more potential to operate as uh an, another form of, of public evaluation scholarship mm. um uh, as we i mean i think when we started this i had this idea of like oh we should talk about you know tips and tricks for doing evaluation and and really sort of practical guidance advice and i think we've had some some episodes around that and i think we will do the episodes around that but some of the episodes i think we've had that have been the most um, powerful, and I think the ones we that we're sort of drawn to do over and over again are the ones where we're just talking about the nature of it is of of what we're doing and how we're figuring that out. Mm-hmm. Definitely, and uh, I'm just actually looking at our kind of our pa- our 2019 podcasts or 2019 episodes, and besides the kind of the the year in review or the year that is to come. Um, one, we've had a great conversation with Chris Corgan about facilitation and how that kind of connects or doesn't connect to evaluation or where does it. Uh, we talked about like conferencing and professional connections and community with Michael Harner. We had that whole great episode with Jane Maloney about unboxing evaluation. And we've had some pretty deep conversations. And actually, yeah, kind of five out of the six, we had the one versus the two of us, the last one about uh, which is more of a, as you said, kind of the uh, more the how-to or the tools or the approaches. But even then, I think when we're talking about beginning and how do you make those connections and how do you start in a good way, I think we had some like you know insightful, deep kind of thinking parts there as well. So, yeah, I mean, we've had a, a thing. Yeah, this year especially, we've gone kind of a little bit into the the deeper end in a, in a good way. Yeah, and I think that's where we're drawn. And I think, well, people are still listening and are still excited about what we're talking about. So I was like, hey, maybe that's a good place to to go with that. And um, I'm hoping that's something that you know over this the rest of this year that you and I can keep exploring. Like, what is what is the nature of this podcast? What are we doing with this podcast? And what do we want to be doing with it? Something that is happening. I have to look more into what this looks like. But with Secret Feminist Agenda, part of it is that it's also 
she, she's found a way to to work in a peer review process for it. So she mm. actually has people who listen to it and she has conversations with them about what what to do with it. Like it is it is part of her scholarly uh, output, that podcast. Mm. Fascinating. Um, so anyway, I just, yeah, there's, there's all kinds of um, neat ways to think about like what, what the potential of this platform is uh, in addition to it being just a super fun place where you and I can goof <laughs> off and hang out with other people and goof off. Um, well, I think it's, it's like we say in our intro, it's, it's too, as if, you know, coffee shop of evaluators. And I think if the same evaluators develop a, a strong connection, a strong, you know, regular conversations, we can get past the whole like, oh, you know, how's it going? And what projects are you working on? And, you know, start, you know, delving into some, some deeper, deeper conversations. I mean, we haven't talked about the meaning of life yet, but maybe uh, <laughs> there's another 22 episodes and we will, or maybe even 10 <laughs> episodes, who knows? I mean, well, I mean, we did talk about spiritual kind of elements and, and creative elements with uh uh, Nora Murphy Johnson in our last episode. So, I mean, we we kind of already started going into that kind of uh, that territory. I've got a question for you, Brian. Mm-hmm. Um, looking back at all of those uh, episodes that we've done just since January, mm-hmm. um, and I think we've kind of talked when we were doing those episodes about some common threads that we keep seeing come through them um, mm-hmm. and different ideas that keep popping up. Are there any ideas or or themes or questions that we, you've had like from those episodes that are have stuck with you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think kind of one idea that does come up across a lot of them is maybe our relation as evaluators and evaluation as a field kind of more broadly, I think, um, more broadly in the community, like who are we interacting with? Who are we collaborating with? Um, and like, how do we how do we build those connections and, and maintain them? And actually, I'm, I'm totally not doing this as a plug for the upcoming CES conference, but the theme there is bridges. And I think we're really curious to see what comes out of that. But I think we are kind of in some ways talking about that in a lot of ways. Like in Chris Corgan's talk, or talk uh, his, his episode with us, um, we were discussing about, you know, how evaluators can be perceived um, or evaluation can be perceived. And um, it kind of got picked up as well with Jade's, um, uh, the conversation we had with her around what kind of gift are we bringing as evaluators? And are we the only, you know, I think it was Jade's or was it Chris's? Like they're, they're running together in my head now um, about um, which, you know, are we the only professionals who kind of come in and expect to take things out of the community, but not actually come back and bring things into it. So I think, and even like um, the conversation with uh, Evan about professional journeys and we got into this conversation around how do we connect in with different fields and make sure we're not just kind of being becoming insular or that we're recognizing all of our different disciplinary backgrounds so i think that's a that's a maybe a a little bit of a thread that i'm starting to see it's just like how do we like how do we situate ourselves where are we where do we exist with within this kind of broader this broader society this broader community that we find ourselves in yeah i feel like a lot of the questions and and i honestly think kind of all the episodes, this sort of existential questions, (laughs) you know, who are we? Why are we here? You know, what are we doing and why are we doing it? How do we, and how do we connect with other people? Like, you know, we had a whole episode about conferences and and community building around conferences. And, um, and I, our last episode with Nora really sort of asked us to, to push at the edges of what we think 
not just think, but feel mm-hmm. yeah. evaluation <laughs> is about and for. And I, um, it's funny because I'm also thinking of conversations, not just that we've had on the podcast, but just sort of conversations that I seem to be in constantly. And I say constantly in sort of a, in a good way, <laughs> um, whether it's um, with an, with evaluators or with people that I'm sort of coming in contact with as an evaluator about this, yeah, these big existential questions of why are we here? Um, and maybe that's something about the, the state of the world as well right now. Mm-hmm. So it feels like it's something that's a little bit about the state of the field. Um, I feel very confident in saying like the field of evaluation. I, I know other people feel this as well. Like the, the field of evaluation is in a, a huge uh, period of flux and change right now. Mm-hmm. There is there is transformation happening in the field. A lot of us are asking these questions about, wait, what is evaluation? What do we want that to be? And how do we want to show up? And then the world in general, we're very much in a place right now of constantly being reminded that... Um, shift happens. Our, shift happens. <laughs> uh, the present moment is finite. Um, and that there are lots of big things happening right now which we don't fully have control over, but we are also deeply connected to and, and have influence within. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's maybe prompting some of that, hopefully necessarily prompting some of those big questions about like, okay, w- what are we doing and, and why do we really want to do it? Yep. Which are also fundamentally evaluative questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think those two pieces around the field and, and the world broadly as well, I think those make a lot of sense. And then maybe the third piece is just the look of the two of us. I think we're, I mean, we're past the quarter life crisis. I don't think either of us are quite yet at the midlife crisis, but maybe we're at the three eighths life crisis. I feel like I've been in a constant state of crisis since I was 23 years old. So boom, there's our, there's our episode title, constant state of crisis. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, but uh, I mean, seriously, and also too, we've, we were both, and we talked about this actually at the top of the year was around um, business decisions and business kind of, growth and going from this, you know, mere survival and mere like, oh, can I put, keep putting one foot in front of the other? And we've kind of at the point where we're recognizing that, you know, where do we want to grow? Where do we want to go professionally? Uh, I think we're both kind of at that stage. So I think that maybe it's a kind of a little bit of a perfect storm for us actually to be exploring some of these these topics. Yeah, the business side of things. And that's, I mean, and it's all connected, like my 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 personal growth, my, my growth in my professional identity and what I want for my business, my connection to a community that's in a state of like growth. And then our, our existence as a species on a planet that's in this um, sort of point of, I mean, I guess we're always in a point of deciding where we want to go and what we want to be, but it just feels very present. Those questions feel very present right now. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, no, but the business side of things, I, even since January, um, I don't know, I'm actually, I'm very interested to hear um, if you have anything to sort of check in about like what your sort of business growth experience has been like or, or development or I know that 2019 has definitely become my year of uh, doing a lot of professional development, a lot of training. I just spent the last three days in in, in training, I, um, a facilitation training, actually. And I've got a whole bunch of other things that I'm signed up for and, and focusing on in and amongst trying to actually do work that I can pay rent with. <laughs> and that's kind of useful, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, but even with that, um, I realized the other day that um, 
I've been very, very selective about the projects I'm pursuing right now, um, including saying no to projects that I didn't want to say no to on one level, but also mm-hmm. on another level kind of felt like I did need to say no to and and having to reflect on, okay, why? Some of it was getting really real about my capacity and not just thinking, oh, but I'm sure I can I can fit that in. There's, yeah, I can I can make that work and actually being like, mm, okay, but can I make that work and still, you know, sleep? Um, or feel healthy and good about myself and my life. Um, And some of it is also realizing that right now I'm in a point where I feel like I'm setting a pattern. I'm I'm kind of setting down the foundations of the work I want to be doing Mm. from here on. And so I really want to pick the work that resonates the most with what I'm trying to do. Right. focus on that, really spend a lot of time in that work so that once I get that down, it's like trying to get the melody down before you start adding in harmonies kind of thing. So I'm really, really focusing on that. And um, it's like half just gut instinct, half <laughs> considered strategy um, of just like, what what do I do right now? Yeah, that sounds like a, a good way to put it. And uh yeah, actually, um, and if we're going to carry that music analogy about putting, you know, figuring out your melody before laying down harmonies, I think right now I'm, I kind of uh, step back, I think, these past couple months, and I'm really just trying to lock in the drums and the bass, I think, just trying to get a rhythm down. Um, been doing some more thought around just kind of routines, kind of what's, how do I structure things? Because I think, you know, at the end of the day, I can, I can do the work. I've proved, myself, proved that to myself. I can create something that's sustainable, at least in the short term and probably the midterm. But I think before I can kind of explore some of these bigger questions or while I'm, while I, while I am exploring some of these bigger questions, um, I think it's also useful to make sure just to say, am I working in a way that's sustainable, not just from a business perspective, but sustainable for me. So I'm not, I don't feel like I'm slamming out of March madness right into April agony and a melodrama or I don't know. We should, we should name all I feel like you here, can continue all the way through the calendar with that. Probably, yeah. Let's we can go all the way, swing back to from the other side. But yeah, so I think um, if we're doing, yeah, so I think for me, like, and I've started actually posting a bit more and writing a bit more posts on Aval on Place, which I also talked about back in January. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of finally got one about, about checklist stuff. I also talked about, had a post about where does digital and where does analog kind of fit into my my processes and routines around planning and ideas and scheduling, that kind of stuff. I mean, on the one hand, it could seem like, okay, this is just kind of navel-gazing. It's just kind of, you know, talking about tools, um, things like that. Um, but then actually, there's like a really good quote from one of the podcasts I listened to. Um, we'll include in the show notes. It's called um, Focused. And the quote is, productivity should not enable you to get more work done. It should enable you to live the life you want to have. So I think that's, I think like the, the, the structures and kind of the big picture, I mean, yeah, I mean, just like music, right? You need, you can't just have a great melody by itself. Um, you need like, you know, good harmony. You need a, a solid rhythm section to back you. You need to have all those pieces working in concert to be able to, to, to do effectively. If, you're, if your rhythms are off, you can have the best vocalist or the best guitar player in the world. It's still going to sound like crap. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love the comment because productivity is such... Um... Ugh. <laughs> one of those just very alienating terms mm-hmm. and ideas of like, it's not, you're not 
useful as a person. You don't have value as a person. Like your humanity is somehow lessened if you aren't being productive. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's something that we apply to ourselves. That's also something that shows up societally as a way that um, oppresses and and, um, alienates people. I know that's something that comes up a lot in like disability activism around this idea that, you know, you people are people, um, that humanity, hu- their, their worth as people is not determined by, you know, but are we contributing productively in the way that other people understand as a productive contribution, just being people, just showing up, yep. <laughs> you know, that's, that's how we're contributing. Right by being ourselves. And so, yeah, this idea that, yeah, what I'm, oh, cause how many times have you said, oh, but I'm not, you know, I didn't have a really productive day or I'm not being productive right now. Oh, I've been procrastinating. But how many times, how many times when I've been procrastinating, I'm asking myself a rhetorical question right now, by the way, <laughs> okay. how many times when I have been procrastinating, have I actually been um, doing the most important work of my day where I needed that, um, that, break that moment, that release, either to help me get into the mental framework I needed to be in to, to do other work, because um, I needed that release or that relaxation, or to give me the space to have some creative gestation going on. Yep. And that reminds me of a line from, I think it's a friend of mine's SIG line, so like email signature line. And it's a quote attributed to Paulo Freire, who is the uh, the uh, critical pedagogy or the no pedagogy of the oppressed, sorry, uh, from Brazil, uh, classic uh, author in some fields. Um, and the quote is, um, "What can I do today, so tomorrow I can do what I could not do today?" Mm. And sometimes the answer to that, when I if I'm kind of getting wound up and stressed or just not sure, um, you know, feeling like I'm not contributing, like I said like sometimes that is, you know, reminding myself of why I'm in this, or maybe it's taking the dog for a walk, or it's, you know, doing what's needed just to, to, so that tomorrow I can keep going and whatever that is looks like, because it's, it's kind of always forward looking, but it's also very grounded that quote for me. So, um, yeah, it doesn't assume what it is that I'm trying to do tomorrow. It's just kind of recognizing that maybe there's things today and that is completely legit and that's okay to take that focus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking about how often we end up in coercive relationships with ourselves mm-hmm. of um, trying to force ourselves to do things or be things as opposed to creating the conditions for ourselves that will let us do and be what works for us. And actually, I think that's just to tie this back around to our, our topic of this episode, when thinking back to our our direction setting episode at the beginning of January. Um, to me, that's what the difference is between, you know, setting a new year's resolution and setting a direction or an intention is when we talk about goal setting. And I swear to God, I'm going to make this relevant to evaluation. Um, <laughs> the, the focus on uh goal setting, the focus on, okay, here are all these targets that we have to meet. And if we don't meet them, we're failing. Um, like if, if I had set a goal for myself this year of like, I need to have like, what, what would a smart goal be? I need to, uh, complete one blog post, um, at least one blog post every month, um, of the year. So that I've got Mm -hmm. something that's specific, 
it's uh, measurable, achievable, theoretically, right. realistic. Yeah, time. Yeah. So there, there's a smart goal. If I, and I've done, I've set goals like that in the past. And oh my god, I never. I, I the moment I set them, I don't want to have anything to do with them. It becomes so onerous. Um, it feels very. It feels like I said. It feels like I'm I'm in a coercive relationship with myself. Um, versus I have talked very frequently about like, I'd like to blog more. Blogging is something that I am interested in and enjoy it when I do it, but often don't do as much as I want to. So I started asking myself more just questions. So I, if I set an intention of, um, you know, or, you know, blogging is important to me, I'd like to understand more about how I can blog more frequently. And then I come into that with a curious mindset um, and start looking at, well, okay, when, when I am blogging, you know, what makes that process work for me when I'm not like, how am I feeling? What, what's holding me back? What are, and I started looking at, oh yeah. So I've got bringing in some of these assumptions about what blogs should and shouldn't look like. Um, you know, what I'm trying to do with them. I talked with some people about blogging and like got inspiration and ideas. And then I also just sort of gave myself little steps of like, well, maybe if you have, maybe just blog about that, maybe just see. And I wrote some really weird blogs this year. <laughs> I wrote one about like back pain that was weird. That was just like, I'm, you know what? My back hurts. I'm going to write about it and make it about evaluation and complexity somehow. And then I did. And I like, it was probably the fastest one I ever wrote. Um, and then interesting stuff came out of it. I, I talked about Alexander Technique in it. And then I showed my blog to my Alexander Technique coach. I'm not going to try to explain Alexander Technique on the podcast. I will link to it in the show notes. It's a really cool embodied po- It's not about posture, but it's about a different way of being in your body. I was wondering, like, is, it, is this a, like a writing technique or body technique or <laughs> no, something all together? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm very bad at explaining it. But my my Alexander Technique uh, instructor is he's got a whole website with lots of blogs that, that posts that explain it really well. But I showed it to him. He actually wrote his own sort of follow up blog post where he took my post and he he added his own comments to it. I think it's really fascinating, um, and it it is about how bodies work. But when I wrote the post, I was, yeah, I was writing about my body and, and a different way of thinking about pain and how to, how to approach pain and how to uh, work with my body to, to help it get better. Um, but I was also thinking about um, how we approach not just person, like little literal physical individual person pain, but also the pain that we see in our communities and our societies and, and how we approach uh, social interventions and, and transformation practices. And, the ways in which we sort of get in our own way. There's a term from Alexander Technique called uh, end gaining, which is when you get so focused on the outcome that you want that you undermine your process of getting there. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that happens all the time. And I think evaluation is often part of that. Um, and And so what I'm learning by doing things, by sort of going... Um, outside of always just like the traditional um, evaluation resources and and looking at other things in my life is I'm finding all this really cool inspiration of how to look at and frame evaluation differently. And I also realized that was like the most meandering, (laughs) um, ended up in a completely different place than where that started. But I think it all comes down to this idea of like when we talk about what we're doing, it's, it, can it be less about how do we get from point A to point B? How do we make ourselves get there? How do we push ourselves to get there? Because that's where we want to end up. And more about, can we take three steps back, look at the context, 
assume that we actually have a natural desire to go to B and just take the things that are getting in our way out of our way? And can we use evaluation to take things to, to remove barriers as opposed to create more barriers? Mm -hmm. That's thanks for coming to my TED talk. <laughs> yeah. Like as if we had never gone on a digression on this podcast before. <laughs> <laughs> this entire podcast is one long digression. There's our backup uh, podcast episode title. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But no, it reminds me actually, um, and I, I have a niggling feeling I might have raised this in a previous episode. It's we've had enough of a of a uh, body of work that we might be like accidentally self referencing each other ourselves as part of this. But um, Jane, there's a guy named James Clear, and he released a book I think maybe last year I think on on habits, and he has a blog post um, about this, and I'll dig it up for the show notes. But kind of looking at goals versus systems, and he uses the analogy of say, you know, like a, a struggling high school basketball team and their goal, like, you know, a way to kind of turn the team around and say, okay, goal is to win the state championship next year. And then, you know, they're going to put everything into that. You might have that, um, that end, what was the, the, the phrase? Like end, end gaining. I think that's gaining, the phrase. Yes. I'm going to have to like okay. look it up literally as we're talking to make sure I didn't just badly <laughs> misrepresent it. Well, we'll, we'll just, we'll, we'll, we'll correct in the show notes. But uh, yeah, so like you might end up doing that in terms of, okay, if our goal is to win, then maybe we'll take some less uh, salubrious ways to getting there. But on the other hand, if you, instead of viewing the goal, you say, what is the system we can create so that we're a better team? And that team may not make the championships and that's fine because, you know, you might be on a championship run and you blow one key game and then all of a sudden, you know, in the final evaluation, did you achieve your goal? The answer will be no, we didn't. But if you're looking at building systems, building habits, building routines and say we're going to, you know, we're going to commit to practicing weekly or we're going to commit to, you know, every yeah like every month we see some sort of improvement and this whatever that looks like that's that's a different kind of approach it's a different kind of mentality that that you know provokes progress um in the way that's not necessarily like chaining you to a very specific yeah, specific measurable achievable blah 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 kind of goal so and also I'm, I'm having a little bit of allergic reaction to the whole smart thing but that's due to one particular funder mangling it and their evaluation <laughs> strategy i won't say who because if they're listening they know who they are <laughs> but, <laughs> i'll say it's a large body but yes anyway um so yeah smart object smart goals those are not i'm having problems with those right now but that's just that's just me a little bit too, but that's yeah. not just you. I have a huge <laughs> issue with, with the whole, I mean, I say that and the, the moment I say any, this is me. Anytime I say, Oh, I don't like, so anytime I express a strong opinion about anything, please know that I am inside my own head immediately trying to contradict myself. Mm -hmm. um, and <laughs> think of like, Wait, what if there is, I mean, maybe that's an evaluator thing. That's also, I'm just an extraordinarily contrary person. Really? Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know. I seem so like, you know, non-opinionated, easygoing. Um, I have so many strong opinions that I disagree with myself constantly. Um, <laughs> Makes them for some interesting self-talk. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I have, what was it? I got an, I got an email the other day. Uh, it was one of those, like, I'm signed up for 60 million different mailing lists for various things. Because every time I hear about something interesting, I'm like, oh, go, I go to the website. Oh, I want to download your PDF. Oh, I have to join your mailing list to get your PDF. Okay, well, I'll do that. And then I can always unsubscribe. I know. Right. I know that I can unsubscribe. I 
almost never do. I, I just, I don't know. I'm a glutton for punishment. I have an email system that works for me. I do occasionally, every once in a while, I will unsubscribe. But most of the time I don't. But I'm, I'm trying to find the email now. It was, I don't remember who it was from. It was something non-profit related. It was just, it was someone, it doesn't matter who it's from. But they were talking about, they were just really talking about how excited they were to be working on this like outcomes focused um process like that the the idea is like hey this is a this is a huge deal that we're that we're now doing like outcomes focused work and i thought really as compared to what (laughs) and i looked and it was like okay so they've shifted from outputs focus they were like okay we 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 used to be too fixed on just counting you know how many how many widgets have we changed the lives of um and now they're trying to move to like, wait, let's look at something more meaningful than outputs. Let's look at like the actual changes people are experiencing in their lives as a result of this. So that's what they meant by sort of this outcomes focused. But I'm already at this point where I'm like, yeah, but I know that when we do just outcomes focused kinds of like evaluate, sorry, this was evaluation related. We have that problem of um, just focusing on our outcomes tends to undermine our processes. Right. You know, it's not that we don't look at outcomes, but it's like, actually, we need to even get beyond that. I mean, and, and just to name it, we're talking about systems thinking and, and, and complexity. And like, this is the, the zone that we're operating in. Um, and I know that there's there's writing out there and, and, and theory and scholarship that I think backs up what we're saying. <laughs> I'll probably go dig some of that out just to be like, yep, no, it's not just Carolyn and, and Brian. <laughs> just spouting random things. Thinking they figured stuff out. <laughs> Um, th- this idea of, yeah, it's, it's, you know, the, the, the best way at something is not always like the most direct way at something mm-hmm. the, like we want this outcome. Therefore we need to like put all our energy on how do we produce that outcome? Right. Do you know that one meme where it's like, you know, the, it has like the person's head and there's like the kind of the brain in there. And then like the next one is like the brain's like suddenly bigger and like radiating light. And then it kind of becomes this whole big galaxy brain thing. Does this sound familiar at all? I am aware of this meme. Okay. Yes. <laughs> we need to do that where it's like output focused, outcome focused. I don't know what the next two would be, but I mean, it might just kind of, that could, that could be an evaluation meme right there. Yep. Yep. I think Galaxy Brain is probably, I don't know, systems focused. We'll definitely have to do the meme. Output, yep. outcome, systems, and just do stuff that is good. I don't know. <laughs> I... <laughs> <laughs> I am putting this out as a challenge to our listeners. Uh, please get on Twitter and, and show us your best evaluation-related memes of all kinds. But please give us your... If you're sitting there thinking, oh, I know what it should be, please. Yes. We want to see it. Tweet us. Uh, what what hashtag? I guess just do sort of at Eval Cafe, yeah. I guess. Or should we have a hashtag for the? I guess Eval, hashtag Eval memes. Sure, Eval memes. I want that to be like a that. hashtag yeah. that exists. Yes. Because there's we'll, a few. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yep. So that's an intention for so, the rest of this year is to, to kickstart the Eval <laughs> meme movement. <laughs> and now that we have put that intention out into the universe. I, so, I mean, how have you made progress on, on any of your, your intentions for the year? I gotta remember what they are now. So go back to my list. Um, yeah, so like community development uh, is one of the ones that we were talking about, which is kind of an ongoing one, I think. Um, and uh, I'm happy to report that there's definitely some movement happening there. Um, and actually, I think one of them we can even talk about a little bit in this podcast. Um, there's a Saskatoon Poverty Reduction Partnership that's been active for a number of years. 
we recently released a municipal poverty elimination strategy. And there's actually like a whole eval nerd group, which is awesome. We've got folks from like the, from the city, from the university, from the police, from um, public health. Like we have this, this group of like evalu- local evaluation masterminds. And we're talking about how do we evaluate something like 12 bold ideas to eliminate poverty in Saskatoon. So I'm really kind of happy to see. And um, the coordinator for the SBRP, um, who I really want to get on the podcast here. She's kind of a little bit resistant, but I'm, I'm trying to twist her arm to it at some point. Um, she, she has a good evaluation knowledge as well. I'm not sure she would call herself an evaluator, but yeah, like apparently some other cities, when they've developed like municipal strategies for poverty reduction, evaluation has been most definitely an afterthought. It's been, you know, several years later, they thought like, oh, we need to figure out how to actually, do we demonstrate progress and how do we understand contribution and all these different things what are our key indicators and we're kind of getting on this right from the get-go so it's a little bit of tooting and i mean my role here is fairly i wouldn't say marginal but i'm, I'm definitely not leading this by any means uh, i don't want to put that impression across but it's just really awesome to see that i get to be a part of this kind of conversation at a community level about where does evaluation fit into something like poverty elimination mm-hmm. but yeah in terms of other other goals, other uh, ideas. Um, I mean, conferences. We got conferences coming up. Um, or you were at a you were at a conference. I'm going to a conference. Uh, there's probably more conferences that I'm not even thinking about right now. But um, and you're talking earlier about professional development. So does that kind of fit into that? I think so. And sort of the community, the community building side of things. Um, yeah, I'm really enjoying going to conferences as a way to meet people. Less about learning new ideas and more about getting a chance to see people in person that I don't otherwise get to see. Mm. And that kind of then fits into the idea of going from an outcome focus to, or maybe the outcome is just around, around maintaining and building and strengthening relationships. I don't know. We can take this evaluation lens way too far if we want to. (laughs) And I usually do. Well, one of my, (laughs) one of my intentions that I set for, I can't remember, this probably didn't come up in the episode. I have like my own like personal intentions I've set for the year um that i've been and and to make sure that i actually remember them i put them on post-its and put them on my wall in a place where i actually see them quite frequently so i'm constantly being reminded of like oh yeah i wanted to say i wanted to work on that um and one of them was a variation of what i did last year which was don't do it alone Mm. because I was finding myself feeling really isolated as an evaluator. And I think I got the phrase, don't do it alone. I think it was like Kylie Hutchinson had a a webinar about, it was related to the evaluation failures book that she produced. And and she had had an experience where she tried to do something alone and got really excited. And then realized that by doing it alone, she didn't bring anyone else along with her. And then there was no buy-in for what she had done. And she has this this slide that's like black background with like big red text that says, don't do it alone. <laughs> um, and so I like I wrote that on a post-it note last year and I had that up on my wall and I got to the end of the year and I, and I checked in with it and I thought, yep, still feel really isolated, still feel like most of the time I'm doing stuff alone. <laughs> and, and I reflect on, okay, so why did that happen? Why did I end up doing things alone all the time? Oh, because I mean, really the, the setting I was working in, the way I actually set my work up kind of made it easier to work alone than with other people. Um, Like it wasn't like just things weren't even organized to support that. And so whenever I did try to do that, it just sort of kind of fizzled out. And so this year I wrote that, rewrote that intention as um, put processes and structures 
in place to make doing it together the default. Mm, I like that. Which is, yeah, that goes, it, it goes in deeper on it. And, and so having that as my reminder, um, it has been prompting me just to think about like, okay, what are all the different ways that I can do community building and have those things so that it's so much easier to do things together. And it's also, it reminds me like when I structure a project, okay, how am I structuring this project so that the assumption is I'm not doing it alone? So there, there are pieces that I genuinely can't complete them unless I'm doing them with someone else and that that's built into the project from the beginning. There was an AEA 365 uh, post just a few days ago, I think from uh, Sarah Vaca about how she has been trying and kind of struggling and failing to be participatory in her work, though she really wants to be. And I think it's something that a lot of us, we had a whole episode about doing participatory work and evaluation where I think we said the same thing of like, we often want to be, but then we, it just doesn't work out. And I think we have to really attend to why it's not working out and think about how the structure, I think that was kind of the, the gist of her post is like the, the context in which she was working really worked against being participatory. And so the question I think to us as evaluators becomes, okay, how do we change, how do we affect to the extent that we can, how do how can we try to affect the context we're in to make um, doing it together the default that we can't do the work unless, unless it's participatory. Because it's if you try to add something on as an extra when it doesn't really fit, that's it. It's always the first thing to go. Right, definitely, and yeah. I mean that's that's going way back to episode two, I think, actually, in terms of particip- participatory approaches. So maybe that's something to uh, that could be our first uh, our first topic to revisit, maybe in, in the near future. But I think it goes back what you're saying goes back to that whole goals and systems kind of approach being you know smart versus having yeah saying how can we build this in how do we make this the default and then we're not having to to um try to meet a goal which may be difficult to meet or we try to you know fudge it or just have you know tokenistic kind of participation but how do we really kind of approach that so yeah i really like that the way you worded it so and that's gonna be some thought too around kind of how i do some of my practice and some of the directions i've been trying to head into and i think that gives me gives me some insight as to some of the reasons underlying underlying it. So that's, yeah, that's really good uh, food for thought there. Yeah. And that's where I think you've brought up habits before. Habits is another thing I've been uh, thinking about a lot because some of those processes and structures, sometimes it's like, okay, how do we build it, design a project so that, you know, we have to do it this way. And some of it's also, how do I build a habit in myself? How do I make it so that this is my, my default, that I just do things like this because it's how I do them. And, and I'm really lazy. That's my secret. I'm really lazy. I want things to be easy. Um, and so habit is, you know, doing the thing that's easy. So it's, it's trying to build the habits that I want, as opposed to just the habits that I happen to have. <laughs> you're talking and to so someone. making oh, things. <laughs> I was saying you're talking to the person who uh, did a Ignite session last year called the lazy evaluator, just to remind you. <laughs> yes. I mean, I think that's the key. It's, it's be late. It's put less effort. It's not, how do we, how do we, you know, muscle our way through these things? It's, it's how do we. How do we take the easy way out? Well, it's, it's putting um, our effort and our and our skills. I mean, that's the thing too. We bring a skill base. It's how do we bring those? How do we bring the our our strongest point to bear? It's like actually, this reminds me of an analogy from fencing. When I was fencing, you always want to hit the strong part of your blade against the weak part of your opponent's blade. You don't want to have a strong on strong meeting. You definitely don't want your weak against their strong. You want to maneuver things so you 
are hitting your if they're if you're doing a, a parry or you're defending yourself you want to make sure that your the strongest part of your blade is going to be the one defending against the strong the weakest part of theirs so i think that's kind of what we're doing in, in evaluation or this kind of idea of being lazy it's like why put our our strengths to something you know like a rain you know file organization or something like that which or like you know trying to remember where do i put this file it's more okay where's our benefit so how do we make sure that we're not we're being lazy for the stuff that doesn't matter and we're being intentional and purposeful and energetic about the things that do matter Mm -hmm. yeah it's like where where is my energy best spent let's spend it there and let's spend it in ways that let me be lazy in a good way (laughs) elsewhere indeed Ooh, I think we, we've covered quite a bit here, actually. And actually, there's we one have. thing um, that we did talk about in the, the intention setting episode, which we haven't touched on yet, which is around the creativity and being a maker. And I oh, am yeah. sad to re- report, or maybe not so sad, I have not yet brought a trombone to a stakeholder meeting. That was something Aww. that you're trying to make this year, the trombone. I mean, there's still six and a half months left as we record this. I mean, the, and that's going to say never, or to even seven and a half months, I should say. Um, <laughs> but that hasn't happened yet, and I don't have any intention <laughs> right now. I, gonna, I, I feel like we need to explore, rather than trying to you know, have me, you know, coerce you into bringing a trombone or force you into bringing a trombone. Like, let's, let's explore all of the things that might be hindering your natural innate desire to bring a trombone to a stakeholder, trombone to a stakeholder (laughs) meeting. Um, (laughs) I mean, I, I, one of my other intentions I have on my post-it notes on my wall is, is explore new maker skills. That's Mm -hmm. how I framed it this year. Like, I just need to start trying new things so I can build new skill sets so that stuff isn't uh, so th- threatening or intimidating or scary. And I'm actually, I can see wh- where I'm sitting. I'm looking at um, a very, uh, it's a little scrapbooky. It's a little crafty, um, but a, 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 a binder that I've put together and decorated in order to bring some data back to a community that I'm trying to, I'm trying to inspire their interest in the data. Um, I'm trying to put something in some beautiful packaging, some intriguing packaging that will make them want to sort of pick it up and look through it. All right. So I think we're kind of uh, coming to a natural endpoint for this episode, but kind of um, a little bit of a, of a checkout. So uh, any other thoughts kind of around intentions, whether that's, you know, for the coming months, for the coming weeks or days, what's, what's kind of, what are you looking forward to? I'll be honest, I'm looking forward to listening back to this episode and <laughs> figuring out what the hell I've been talking about because um, those were some some really first-class meandering digressions <laughs> that I'm so interested to find out what I think. It's going to be brilliant or it's going to just be meandering or it could be both. I mean, that's it could be meandering br- brilliance, I think, maybe. Hopefully, that's that's the goal. But yeah, I, I'm... <laughs> I'm like, I have no idea what this episode is about. I'm going to have to listen to it again to find out. <laughs> yeah, what, what, what were we going into this episode thinking to talk about? I'm not sure. We'll find out when I'm, well, I'll find out first because I'm editing this one. So, yay. <laughs> uh, I think for me, what I'm looking forward to is, and at the time of recording this, I think we're 16 days, I think is the count. Um, maybe fewer than that, actually. Uh, from CES, uh, Canadian Evaluation Society's annual conference in Halifax. So, there was a, um, I think a couple of weeks ago, there was a, a Twitter chat um, that the social media folks for the conference were hosting on the conference. So that kind of really got me pumped up a little bit. Got to see that um, who's kind of planning to make it out there, um, uh, including some first time attendees. Um, uh, 
yeah, so looking forward to that. We're not doing, unfortunately, because it's just me going this time. We, uh, it's a little bit too far of a trek from Vancouver uh, this year, and understandable, coast to coast. But um, so we won't be doing um, a, a conference podcast record, or we won't be doing a recording from the floor of the conference. However, I will be there. And if anyone of you is listening to this and is planning to attend, please feel free to to look me up, drop me a line on Twitter, flag me down. Um, Preferably not while I'm presenting. That's just kind of awkward. But uh, yeah, I'd be great. Be happy to to chat and just kind of meet some of the folks who are who are listening to this to this to this podcast. That's it for this episode of Eval Cafe. Thank you to all our listeners. Please check out the rest of our episodes on Pinecast, iTunes, or Google Play, or by going through our website, evalcafe.wordpress.com. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at evalcafe. And if you want to drop us a line, you can find us at evalcafe.podcast at gmail.com. Musical credits go to Kevin McLeod at incompetech.com for poppers and prosecco or intro theme, and dispersion relation or outro, as well as to Tim at tabletopaudio.com for the lively cafe ambiance in our intro. <laughs> okay, now I gotta hop on Twitter and see what's going on here. <laughs> I'm tweeting about us now. Oh boy. <laughs> I'm going to finish this tweet and then I swear it's the last one. Don't make promises you can't keep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I got to respond to that. <laughs> we're never going to start this episode because we're going to spend awesome. the whole time tweeting. About how we're doing and recording an episode.